Hey listeners, I've been trying to get this part two of Idols out for a while now, and I have had the next one ready to go for a while, and I have just sat on it and waited and edited and waited and prayed, and I just know God wants me to get this message out, but I've been so cautious in doing that and just have really prayed this, and honestly, um, lately, I have seen a little bit more of it in my own life, and sometimes when I write things out and I speak them out, I get so much freedom in that and getting it into the light, and sometimes I think God lets me go through those things so that other people can relate to what I'm going through, and so I just, I felt like it was time. I, I just knew, I've I've prayed about this a lot, and I just knew it was time to get this out here, so today we're going to be talking about control and power and position as our idol. Remember, our idols are anything that we choose over Jesus or anything that makes our heart beat faster than Jesus. And so if you'll join me here in a quick prayer before we start, because I really feel like we just need the spirit to move here. Father God, I just know that this message has been hard for me. Um, And I've been cautious, but I also know, Lord, that you want me to speak it and you want me to be bold. And I know that until I do, um, there's some areas in my life that maybe I am not going to be able to surrender until I do. And so this is one area, Lord, that I am surrendering to you. I'm giving it to you. And I just pray for each listener that you would open their hearts and that you would speak through me to just bless them and encourage them and help them. I just pray that this would spur them along in their walk, that you would help them have walls come down and that they would hear your words and not mine. In your name we pray, amen. We're talking about control today. We sometimes think we have it under control, but trust me, we don't. Deep down, we know it too, I think. I have so been there. I used to have major control issues. I felt so insecure with myself, circumstances, marriage, parenting, and gaining people's approval that I thought I would just micromanage every detail in my life to make it work. I spent countless effort making everything just so, so that I felt like it was just so perfect and good and hoping that it showed on the outside. All the while, I never really noticed how it was affecting those around me and myself even. I didn't realize that I was reacting to things by wanting what I wanted when I wanted it and nobody was going to stop me. And if they tried to, well, then I would just have to convince them that I was right and they were wrong or not as informed on the matter or not as productive or downright foolish for not having goals and ambition like I did or maybe they just weren't as good as, as I was. I was secretly judging them and screaming in my head, just follow the rules, people, and life will be better. I believed that those people would just handle things like me and plan and organize every detail, even my junk drawer, which I did do. They would have nothing to worry about. As long as you keep to your strict schedule, control the foods you and your kids eat, follow the famous cleaning lady, fly lady's daily, weekly, and monthly deep cleaning routine like I did, and use every single waking moment of your life cleaning, working, working out, organizing, planning, your next task, budget, doing my honey do list for my husband, making every single minute matter. Well, then we would all master being in control of our life and loving it, right? We would reach the prize of being awesome, right? 
Well, there's just one thing I didn't plan for. I was now really exhausted from doing, which affected controlling my actions towards others. I was now alone because no one could stand to try to stick around because they couldn't really feel like they ever measured up to me. And I wasn't even enjoying one minute of the experience and definitely was not reflecting on my actions and showing grace and what it looks like to surrender to Jesus with really anyone around me. Here's a little story about my little Enneagram number seven entertainer, Anne of Green Gables, wild at heart, and sometimes completely type A daughter that I reflected on a while back. That day it was beautiful. After snowing a few days, the temperatures were back to spring, and our family of six was heading out to our local walking trail to get some fresh air, run off some steam, and definitely make some memories. My husband and I often dread these walks, actually, though, because all in attendance, it just makes for chaos, and we prefer to usually just take a kid here or there with us instead. Honestly, we usually end up burning the most of our calories on complaining kids, carrying scooters, helmets, bikes, and older kids wherever they can sneak a seat in up a huge hill at the end. But considering this wonderful season of COVID-19, we were all in at going at it. So we get to the trail and zoom, there goes my wild explorer. Considering I knew she wasn't in any danger, I wasn't fretting and at first thought, wow, she's really motivated. It was, however, a good excuse for me to go ahead of the stroller on a little run to try to keep up with her. As I ran, I kept thinking, girl, you better come back here at some point. Now, mind you, I am a super slow runner, so it took me a long time to get to a point in the trail to see if I could catch an eye on her. But nope. I had more time to ponder this teachable moment as I trotted along. Eventually, she realizes it's not fun and returns to say frantically, I guess I didn't realize I was going too fast, Mom. I was imagining I was racing my sled of huskies and I was winning. I told you, she's a dreamer. Then we reached the end of the trail and had enough time to squeeze in a little chat about her latest book about huskies that had her dreaming away until the rest of our clan caught up. As we headed back, she capped with a pack this time. As I walked hand in hand with her younger sister, I watched how she smiled more. She looked around at others, enjoyed beautiful nature, and even at one point pushed the stroller of younger kids so my husband could try his moves on her scooter. Can you tell he's a number seven also? (laughs) But just a couple minutes later, as we looked at the steep hill at the end, now she was exhausted, literally sitting on the trail with drama, tears, out of breath, and a stomach ache from pushing too hard in the beginning and now needing a ride home once again. Meanwhile, my husband was slow and steady, heading up that hill. I learned so much about our control idols through this teachable story that we all got to process a little bit more later over lunch. See, in her mind, she was trying to lead the pack, maybe even getting lost in her vision of racing these huskies. What's that wrong with that, you might be even thinking. We need good leaders, visionaries, dreamers. She was just pushing herself. Yes, definitely. I agree, and I tend to think these ways for myself also, honestly. I have a lot of ideas, and I really like to dream them up. But she wasn't just leading, she was leaving. Without even realizing it, she had this tunnel vision and only could see her grand idea. We didn't see this opportunity today the same as she did, and she didn't really need us. Have you ever been there? 
Yes, me too. I am with you. What she forgot to think about in her grand plan was this. When we go ahead in our plans, we also are alone when we struggle or fall. Maybe you too have great visions, perfect plan, or knowledge in an area. You don't really need anyone else. You feel God is giving these gifts to you, so you need to use them, right? After all, they're your gifts. Yes, I absolutely agree. We are managers of them, and I would probably be the first person to be there cheering you on in them. But God also tells us in Ecclesiastes 4 that two are better than one, and though one may be empowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three is not quickly broken. 1 Corinthians 12 says the body is made up of many parts and that each part is needed. And Philippians 2.3 says to value others higher than yourself. See, my brave dreamer didn't think she would fall or struggle because she believed she had it all figured out and under control. But if she would have, she would have had to struggle alone till I caught up. We too have to struggle alone when we go ahead on our own. And just like I couldn't see her that far ahead, others sometimes won't even see a struggle or be around to offer when we need it. Also, if we go together, hand in hand, we can point out possible obstacles that we may not see alone because we have this, that tunnel vision that causes some blind spots. Or maybe others have been down this trail before and they can help us look out for things and obstacles along the way. Next problem she wasn't with us to enjoy the experience. Together we get to experience God's goodness and beauty and the joy of just being around each other while having a good heart to heart and sorting out our life together as we walk side by side. We can learn so much together. On the way back, when the kids did struggle with tiredness, we were close to them, offering encouragement to keep going, to use their strength and their gifts that God had given them And she experienced the unplanned joy of serving the younger kids by pushing the stroller and watching dad try out her wheels for some fun. And lastly, when the control freak in us runs ahead at an obscene rate in our own world, we are eventually too exhausted to make it back in one piece without help. I have done this so many times. I end up exhausted, frazzled, anxious, needing others, and physically aching in my mess. I believe we all eventually, though, realize we aren't really in control if we slow down a bit and look deep enough. The steady guy won the prize today, and he had enough energy to joyfully carry some other's junk with him up the hardest part of the journey. My daughter's plan wasn't really under control. My husband's was because he saw the bigger picture and the goal and was at peace and surrendered to the unknown along the journey. The opposite of control is obviously surrender. Surrendering my will for thy will. Laying down my plans for his bigger plan. Letting my heart not beat faster than Jesus by trying to do it all my way in my time. I'm not sure my little girl has this figured out totally yet. She will need to learn it to run at God's pace, not her own. And even though this isn't my hardest battle most days, there are definitely still moments. Moments, probably like ours, when all of our control items make our heart beat faster than it does for Jesus. There can be days or weeks or months or sometimes years when we give in to that lie that we must push harder, achieve more, and win the race. 
But from my perspective and own personal background in this, when I did struggle with it in a really big way, I tried to control things so that it didn't have a fear of the unknown. We control so we don't have to fear the unknown. We perfect everything to perform, to do good, to measure up, or even to look better than the rest. Beth Moore says that insecurity's best cover-up is perfectionism. I like to describe it like this. Perfectionism, it's just a mask of insecurity. Insecurity is really a desire for self-importance. And self-importance is really a pride issue. Ouch. This is usually what we fight most not to be seen as, as Jesus followers, I think. So what do we do then? Well, the opposite of pride, humility. Instead of trying to make ourselves look perfect or important, all put together better than others, let's try to remember Jesus' model of humility. Like in Philippians 2, of not looking out for our own interests, but the interests of others by valuing others above our own self. Humility says, not only do I see you, but I choose to elevate your needs above mine. Humility points to others, whereas pride points to self. Pride says, hey, look what I can do. Humility says, how can I help God do what he needs to do to point others to him? Let's remember Jesus' example here as the pioneer and the perfecter of faith who came before us. Jesus cared about the bigger picture. He didn't care about his position he had as God even, but came to serve others and even die. He had many that he asked to walk alongside with him in his ministry. He didn't even need them, but he chose to enjoy their company, walk together through life, and encourage them to use their gifts to help serve others alongside him even when it probably could have been easier and more effective at times on his own. Similar to my husband on the journey up the hill, in the end, Jesus' father also carried him through the last point of suffering and brought him home to heaven. But the beautiful impact of those that he had walked the journey with him still goes on today. So maybe your control idol is feeling a little bit out of control. Maybe you're planning and managing every detail in your life in order to keep everything perfect, get it all down and gain approval or not let it get out of control. Maybe you feel that tug of your heart, that those strong passions in you are just kind of annoying those around you that are trying to work alongside with you. Do you notice anyone but your own ideas or plans or do you think you can just accomplish all your goals alone? Maybe the pace you're running is not even God's. Have you slowed down in your time with him to ask him this? What plans do you know you need to surrender so he can get you to the finish? Or maybe, just maybe, you think that none of this really applies to you because you believe that if you plan every detail and organize, that you'll just finish strong. And that is the way that you don't have to live in fear. And maybe this could happen. But I just want to ask you today, is that what God wants? Have you asked him? What and maybe even who could you be missing out on, including or learning from along the journey? 
You guys, I know that this control idol is really hard to admit sometimes. Just like all the ways that the enemy can distort things and be sneaky about things, it, he can often make it look like it's something good, like our gifts or goals or organizing or working hard. But anything that's a good thing can be a bad thing if it's not used in God's way. And so I know in that season of my life, when that was really hard for me, it would have been really hard on me to hear these truths. And so I just want you to know I really prayed about this and I hope that this is gentle and in love and and I, I just want to stop right now and, and just pray that the Lord can reveal these idols for all of us. I mean, I know I still have areas in my life that I need to surrender in these ways too. And as we talked about in Idols Part 1, which is called Cheating Girl, that idol is approval of others and choosing God's opinion over others' opinion of you. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Today we talked about control and power and position and stay tuned because part three is going to be good too so remember just like we talked about in part one that confession getting these things in the light confessing them creates community we don't have to be alone and then vulnerability is being open about what we are currently struggling with and that is hard right and that in being vulnerable and going there together we can become brave would you pray with me Lord would you just show us what we need to surrender help us run to you for peace in those things help us model your journey die to ourselves, serve others and think of their best interests and your plans and help us go through this life together Help us look to you for the plans you have for us, just like Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and walk alongside you in the path that you have for us, serving your kingdom in numbers to let your glory be known. Lord, thank you for getting me through this hard but needed message. I thank you, Lord, for the ways that I know that you can help people through it because I know these are your words and I just pray Lord for all those listening that you would just give them peace help them just surrender whatever area in their life is the biggest fear of the unknown and I just pray Lord that they would just go to your word and run to your word and and that you would speak to them there in your name we pray amen